Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological. So we have better get methodical. Bring in precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, first up, I'm going to warn listeners uh, that there may be some talk about baseball on the podcast today, uh, but please uh, do stick around, even if you're not a baseball fan. Uh, personally, I don't understand how anyone can not uh, be a baseball fan, but some people keep insisting that they don't like the game. Uh, and even if I tell you that I think you're crazy, I still think that you'll probably, hopefully, like today's discussion. Uh, so why are we talking about baseball on the Tech Dirt podcast? Uh, well, because we're actually talking about an interesting uh, newish uh, media company that hits on a bunch of interesting points that Tech Dirt frequently covers, uh, both around building media businesses by using the internet, as well as a few issues related to copyright, fair use, and how the copyright system is sometimes uh, used to exert excessive control, uh, often against the best interests of the public. Uh, in this case, we're talking with Jim O'Brien, uh, better known to legions of baseball fans as John Boy. Uh, I first came across his Twitter account early last baseball season, so I think last April, uh, when some people I follow started uh, tweeting out his uh, really incredible breakdown videos in which he takes an interesting tidbit from various baseball games and creates really fascinating two-minute-long videos explaining what's going on, including uh, narrating what's being said thanks to his fairly incredible lip-reading abilities. Uh, frankly, my initial reaction was that it opened up a whole new world of interest in uh, things I'd never known about or noticed before on the baseball field, despite being a fan for the past, let's say, 40 years. Uh, as I followed him, I learned that he's actually been building up a, a new media entity called John Boy Media, and it's been fascinating to see how the internet has enabled this new business to really take off in the last year. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that process, I think. Uh, the other bit that's interesting, and the one that I've written about twice so far on Tech Dirt, is the copyright questions involved. Uh, the breakdown videos are using MLB TV footage, uh, and as we've explained dozens of times on Tech Dirt, that the nonsense that is said on every broadcast about how you need whatever express written consent to do anything with the videos or the descriptions is complete and utter hogwash, uh, completely divorced from any actual copyright law. But there's also a lot more going on here. Uh, Major League Baseball, MLB, which has always leaned more towards uh, trying to control everything rather than letting fans share the game that they love, has allowed more use of videos in the last couple of years. However, one thing it's done is that on YouTube, it often claims uh, many of the videos and gets to keep the ad revenue. Uh, and it does this despite the fact that there are extremely strong fair use arguments for the kinds of videos that John Boy and others are creating. Anyways, I wanted to discuss all this today and I'm excited to have Jim O'Brien on the podcast. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. What an intro. I really appreciate that. Uh, I, did, I, I did read the articles back when you initially wrote them during the season because when uh, I was just starting up, I put Google alerts for the the word or the name John Boy, uh -huh. uh, and nothing would ever come, you know? <laughs> and uh, now I kind of want to turn them off because I don't always want to read what people are saying about us and me, 
But I, but that was the most interesting one. It was like tech dirt. I'm like what? What is this? Why are they talking about <laughs> me? Um, so yeah, I came across them and I, I supported that you supported me in the copyright stuff. Uh, that was like good to hear. I was like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. I agree with him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, I should note, I am uh, though. I, I write. A lot about copyright. I am not a lawyer. I am not a copyright lawyer. <laughs> I just talked to a whole bunch of them. So, <laughs> um, but um, so we'll, we'll get to the copyright stuff in a, in a bit. But I actually, I also wanted to just talk about the experience that you've had, kind of building, you know, building an, an internet-based media company. I mean, it's been really interesting to me. I think you know when 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 you first showed up, and I think still to this date, you know, I think people, some people, unfairly think that you're just like you know some dude, you know, uh, posting stuff, but you've, you've taken like a really, you know, serious and, and thoughtful approach and, and you had, you know, decided, I don't know exactly when, but I think you said sometime in 2018, you decided you were going to focus exclusively full time on, on building this into a real business, right? Yeah. You know, I still get the comments, like you were saying, um, that I'm just a guy in his mom's basement, uh, you know, tweeting things. And that was never true. I started out as a guy in my girlfriend's spare <laughs> how, parents' spare bedroom tweeting things. There you go. Um, that, used to, that used to be my response to people. I said, I'm not in my mom's basement. My girlfriend's parents' spare bedroom, so g- get it right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I started as a hobby in 2017, and um, it just kind of kept growing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to look back now uh, at the, where we were at when I got – uh, when I quit to do it full time, I'm like, damn, I don't know why I did that. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, as we've grown, we've gotten bigger. But I, I we, we had a really engaged audience. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, I, the whole thing is, you know, I think of it as, like, I want to build a community that I enjoy talking about the Yankees with. And it started as just Yankees. We had no idea. Everything we did just kind of stumbled into it. Like, where's this going to take us next? And... We we teamed up with a company to do a promotion in December of 2017, uh, and the whole premise was if you buy this many jerseys at this discounted rate, the company's going to uh, cover the cost for Jake, my partner, and I to go to spring training. Hmm. So, you know, there was like, you know, some motivation behind it, support us, the first time we ever did this, and the conversion rate was insane. Uh, how many jerseys got sold in just a month in December? It was insane. And, uh, you know, people saw that because I, I don't know what that means, you know, um, <laughs> as a wedding videographer and a, a, a lead videographer for an event company. Uh-huh. And someone reached out, a, a friend of mine, and said, hey, man, I think, you know, we have something here. The Yankees are about to be really good and exciting. And what would it take for you to go full time? Mm-hmm. No, I was like, uh, actually, I think, you know, the real question was, he said, if I offer you X amount of money, to do this full time, what would you do? And mm. I said, I'd ask you for advice because <laughs> I have no idea what I would do. Um, and then that kind of happened, you know, so he, 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 it's, uh, you know, he's been an early supporter, um, you know, kind of gave me that seed money mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't, a, it's nothing I would have uh, bragged about, but I, you know, I, I, th- I figured best case, this turns into something worst case. I take a year off from doing event videography I build a side company and then I go back and I do both until, right. you know, so that was worst case. And, you know, I w- talked it over with my girlfriend and her parents and my parents and my family and, and everyone. And everyone said, yeah, why not? Like, what's, what's to really lose here? So, so, then, so then that was 2018 was the first year that I did uh, this full time. 
and I, I really didn't know like the structure or or what was it was going to be. We did I think two podcasts a week. We started doing uh, another podcast, maybe so maybe did three or four a week. Um, and I, I did some I did some videos and I covered every game and that was kind of mm-hmm. like what we did. We sold shirts, uh, but like there wasn't much structure behind it. And when we went into the 2018 2019 season, the next year. I remember uh, my buddy Jake had now gone full time with me. Um, he, him, and his job they parted ways, and I, I said, "Hey, I'm living off nothing right now. What, do you want to split this nothing with me and let's <laughs> let's really do this?" Yep. Um, so then, when we had our days free, and I looked back at the 18 season and said, "I didn't do enough. Like two podcasts a week, three podcasts max. Like that's not enough." So I mean, we went crazy last year we did 24 shows a week and i made 24 breakdown videos every week uh we got a graphic designer we upped our merch game and kind of streamlined that process and you know i i don't really all i know all the only thing i bring to the table is what i think our audience will like i always Mm -hmm. think i always think as if i'm a listener not as if i'm a host yep um or consumer and then I get I have really good guidance uh, from you know my my parents and uh, some investors and just like kind of the team around me. So it's grown into this company, and and now we have an office which we thought we were like five years away uh, from where we are right now. Uh, it took two years, so it's been it's been wild. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny listening to this. This is like there there are actually incredible similarities to like to to my own experience in, in starting tech dirt it's just you know 20 years later I, um the you know it's it's because i went through basically the same thing around like 2000 2001 where this was this was a hobby and then it you know it sort of took off and we started to get you know, build a community around it and, and get support. And to the point where I was like, Oh wait, you know, I, I can, and probably should do this full time and, and sort of building up that, that experience. And it's, it's sort of neat to me at least, um, to see somebody else sort of going through that same experience. Um, because it, it feels like so many of the, you know, the media entities that we see are always like these, you know, someone has thrown, you know, ridiculous sums of money at, you know, at you know, oh, we're going to start this this big new thing. To see something that sort of comes ground up with just like a little tiny bit of seed funding or whatever, and and really builds a community very organically is really kind of cool to see. So um, I, I I just appreciate that, and and um, you know, it's 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 good to see you know somebody else doing that also. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about when you hear about the athletic, and I love the athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like how much money they started with, and even uh, the Players Tribune, yep, and all these things, and like they started with that much money. Like, <laughs> yeah, the... we started with nothing, man. <laughs> we started with with literally nothing. I'm like, I can't imagine starting with that much uh, cash, you know, and, yeah, and, and that much uh, runway and all that. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 sort of a different world, right? I mean, totally you, different. You, yeah. You're talking about something totally totally different, um, you know. But what's cool, what's amazing, and and what's what's 
you know, what's fascinating to me, I mean, for me, when I started, you know, it was before we had podcasts and, and video and stuff. And we just, you know, the ability to create a blog was had sort of just started. And that was kind of what we did. Um, it's neat to me to, to see how you have sort of embraced all these different things. I mean, obviously, you know, Twitter is big for you guys. YouTube is big for you guys. Um, and and podcasting and, and you're sort of embracing all of these different things um, you know it, it's uh, I'm trying to figure out what my question is other than well I think the the strategy is to go where people are which right. is which is so different than television or a, a lot of the old companies still want to drag their audience to them right there's not really any need anymore you know I mean yeah. if, if people are on TikTok, I hate that app, but you know, <laughs> we have we have a TikTok, and we'll we we'll have a team put some good stuff out there. Like if you know that's us, you know that's it's still just our content, and we're just shaping it. They call it versioning out for different platforms. So yep. that's kind of like being multi-platformed is good. You know, you hear these stories about um, was it College Humor and Funny uh-huh. or Die that they pivoted all their uh, budget to Facebook when Facebook was inflating their video numbers. Yep. And to me, it's like, that's terrible that Facebook was inflating their numbers, but also you can't just live off one platform. You have to be multi-platformed. I mean, otherwise there's people that are really, really big on Instagram and nobody knows them on Twitter. There's people that are huge on YouTube, but no one knows them on Twitter. So, you know, Twitter and YouTube are our biggest, but uh, you know, Instagram's growing, and like we don't ever want to. You know, hey, we're 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 doing really well here. Let's stay here. No, we want to. You know, we'll go and spread it out. That's kind of been. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think because I'm I, I consumed the internet for so long that I still think of all this stuff as a consumer more right. than a provider. Yeah. And, and I followed uh, when I was in college in Connecticut. I followed Barstool Sports. Uh, mm-hmm. From like 2009, when they were just like a blog, I would read everything um, back in my college days. I kind of, I yeah, there's some I still like now. There's some I don't, but I, but whatever. I'm not, but like I saw their path from an apartment to a dentist office to a, a office, and like you know, you just always take notes. I just take notes of everything, like what they did that works, and then you see the ringer and what they do. So. Yep. I think of myself as like, how did I consume those guys' content? What did I like? What did I didn't like? And that's kind of how I view everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's, that is a really good approach. I mean, one of the things that we've talked about here is just like the idea of how much media uh, really is about sort of building a community and then figuring out how to, how to, you know, make sense of that. And I think that, you know, one of the complaints I've made about, about media organizations that have sort of struggled with the internet is that they, they think they're in a different business. They think they're in like the news business rather than the community building business. Uh, and that, you know, media traditionally has always been in the community building business and the, the media businesses that you see are successful are the ones that sort of build that community. And, and that's one of the things that I also see you guys doing. Um, you know, you have, you know, you've built up people who are, are fans. And part of that is because, it comes through the way that you know you're thinking about this as a fan and as as people would want to see it you're not thinking about it in the same way as like ESPN is thinking about these things no it's community driven i mean and, and i'm i'm so grateful and thankful i mean I started with zero. I mean, I had 300 Twitter followers. None of them were Yankees. So I really started with zero <laughs> back in 2017. Like, and I just started tweeting. 
And there's people that have been following along and, and been part of this for, you know, three years now. Yeah. And like I, I, I don't. I don't want it to come off as corny or just like a, a line that, you know, oh, of course he's going to say that. Like, no, like, I'm really, really grateful. I wanted to buy all of our patrons uh, shirts, uh-huh. just, just so, like thank you shirts. And then, you know, I brought it to, you know, our team and they calculated the numbers and it was <laughs> like, we can't do that. <laughs> and, I'm, and I was like, okay, we can't do that. But like, how do we give back? How do we say thank yeah. you? Um, and I think I think it's just to, to, to say thank you and then to keep doing exactly what they're supporting. Um, yep. So that's our goal. But, uh, yeah, well, our, it's community-driven, man. I mean, it's um, there's people that the Internet is a scary place. It's also really cool if you use it correctly. Yep. And if you want to be friendly and, and you want to talk Yanks, come tweet at us. I'll most likely <laughs> respond. <laughs> so um, let me, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the breakdown videos. I mean, I know you're, you're doing all these podcasts now. It's great. I'm, I'm, you, you've uh, – added to my backlog of, of podcasts. Okay. <laughs> because, appreciate that. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, I, I listened to two of your podcasts now and I'm, I'm av- trying to avoid adding more, <laughs> more to my list just because I have like hundreds of other podcasts and, uh, what is it? Baseball and Yanks or yeah. Talking baseball and talking Yanks. I listened okay, to bo- both cool. of those. Um, and, uh, and, and since they're timely, I put them to the top of my list, which just push all, pushes all the other ones down. down yeah, all those, further. all those evergreen ones lose out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but they're, but they're both great. But I, but I, I want to talk a little bit about the breakdown videos just because, you know, that's, that's what first, you first got my attention with the breakdown videos. Um, and it, it, it seemed like such a, um, it, it was like, it was a different approach to things and, um, and it it struck me as soon as I saw them, like they were just like, it's the perfect sort of way of, of learning these little tidbits about the game. Um, like what, how did you come up with this, this project? I sort of described it in the, the opening or, well, why don't you, do you want to describe kind of what the breakdown videos are for people? Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a play or an event or something that happens in a game that's a little odd. Um, or even I just do like, you know, uh, walk-off celebrations mm-hmm. where I just slow down the footage, scrub around, zoom in, and then tell people what I'm seeing. And a lot of times it's me inferring what I think that player is thinking uh, or it's reading their lips and then telling you what they're saying uh, if, I, if I can get the lip reading correct. Or, or if I don't get it correct, it's usually pretty like a ballpark, that's what they're saying. Right. Uh, so it's just it's just me walking through a play and and trying to like uh, just explain what I think's happening. It's it's very much my point of view, which I think is why they're why people enjoy them. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's unique. They're like it's a weird thing. Like I I don't know why they come out the way they do. I have editing skills cuz I was an editor and then I I'm fine talking on a mic. I do them in one take. So I think there's some spontaneity to it and some like excitement. I don't I don't rewrite, pre-write any lines or anything like that. But it's mostly just weird, weird instances. I, I started doing them in that 2017 season because the Yankees got into a brawl with the Detroit Tigers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Austin Romine, who's now a Tiger, with Miguel Cabrera. And I wanted to see what every player did in the brawl. Mm-hmm. So I was at my office at my job, and I remember I had and – and back then, I, it's all developed over time. I just had the Yes Network feed. And I just slowed it down. I followed Gary in every every clip, and then I I took the replays and I inserted them so they'd be in live time. That's kind of something I do that 
Uh, I think people probably don't realize I do that, but it just tells the story so much easier. Mm-hmm. And no other place does that. They just leave the replays at the end. So I intertwine it also. It makes its chronological order. And it, that's when it started, in 2017. But I, I used them for every walk-off the Yankees hit, any ejection on the Yankees. It was all just Yankees. And it was only like I, I considered them extra, like sprinkles. Mm-hmm. And I would just post them on Twitter. I had a lot of them. And then... In two in 2019, last season, I think the first one I did that wasn't Yankees related was Ron Culpa told the Astros like I can do whatever I want, mm-hmm. and it was I was midnight, I was up late, and then I was just like this sucks, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> like what you can't say that, right? So so I got the footage, uh, and now I you know I figured out that I can use both broadcasts, the home broadcast and the away broadcast gives me more footage. Mm-hmm. And then I can, you know, if one broadcast cuts to the crowd, the other broadcast stays on Ron Culpa. Okay, go to that one. Now go back to this one. Right. So I go. So and no one watches both broadcasts. Everyone just watches whatever their home team is. Right. So so that's kind of like a different. Like a lot of times, people be like, "I didn't see that angle." I'm like, "Yeah," because well, who in their right mind would watch both broadcasts? <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that was the Ron Culpa one, and and I got, I went to sleep. I woke up. It had a million views. Wow. On Twitter. And people just loved it, and I got DMs from you know people within baseball, uh, investors, just people that you know I was like taking their word seriously, and they're like, "You need to keep doing this, like <laughs> do this." So now, like, all right, I'll do one a day, uh-huh. and then I remember I, I started doing one a day, and the people were like, "Do more." And I, was like, <laughs> I, I get worried because like, all right, eventually you guys are going to hate these. Like everything, <laughs> everything turns. So. Right. Um, you know, and there are some people that it's already turned for because uh, when I post it, it gets posted on, on Reddit and all these sites. And then people that aren't subscribing to that content are getting it forced upon them. And I think that's how people get like, stop showing me this guy's videos. But <laughs> the subscribers still like it. That's what I make them for. Right. Uh, and then it just kept going. So I was like, all right, I'll do every ejection. I try to do every walk off because the, the walk off celebrations are kind of fun. And And then, you know, sometimes they're pretty like detailed like i did pitcher catcher relations and and the signs and the shaking off and and the the nonverbal communication yeah and, and people like that stuff's so cool uh and then other times it's just complete nonsense and it's all a joke like jd martinez accidentally touching uh, a fan's breasts in right field <laughs> and and sometimes you know i'll get like hey i, I subscribe because you had really uh you know, detailed videos. This one's nonsense. And I'm like, hey, they are what they are. Right. Some are nonsense and they're funny. Some are going to be insightful and some are going to be a mixture. And right. it's just like, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, that's, I, uh, frankly, I mean, that's what, that's why I enjoy them just because it is, it is kind of this grab bag. But, it, but also like, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, I, I do consider myself a pretty big baseball fan, uh, you know, Yankees in particular, and I followed them very closely for years. And yet I still actually I feel like I I get a whole a whole bunch more just from watching your videos, even, you know, the non-Yankee ones. I'm, I am just generally interested in baseball. Like you pick out the little things that, you know, especially, you know, one of the big complaints that I hear from people who don't like baseball is they claim that, like, the game is slow or that it's boring or or whatever. And like. You know, what your videos have done, I think, is like highlight all of the really interesting things that are happening between uh, a lot of the action and, and showing some of the, the interesting elements that people, if you're not paying attention, are actually missing. Yeah, my, my co-host, uh, Jake, 
likes to say, and I stole it, I steal it from him now, but I always give him credit. <laughs> There's two ways to watch baseball. One, you see a million things in between every pitch. Right. You see the left fielder shade to center a little bit because maybe a breaking ball is coming. You see the pitcher shake off two pitches, then say this. You see the catcher, you know, deke his glove down. You see a million things. You see the batter scoot up in the box. Or you see nothing and you just wait for the pitch. <laughs> right. And there's two different ways to watch it. And, like, uh, some people don't want to see all that, and other people just haven't had their eyes opened to it. Right. Um, I'm, I love baseball. I, I'm a baseball, like, crazy person. Whether I'm doing this or not, I try to watch 162 games. I hyper-focus. I love reading reading the body language and the signs and, and all that stuff. So it's it's something that if I wasn't posting this on the Internet, I'd be posting it in a text thread to my dad. Right. You know? Like, I just like this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it seems lots of other people do, which is which yeah. is why you, you have you have this going. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about the copyright issues um, because that is, that is definitely a big subject that we talk about quite often here. Um, and, you know, for years – um, well, all the sports, the the sort of major sports leagues, but but MLB in particular, have been really really aggressive in trying to control everything. Um, and in fact, they they've been a part of some crazy lawsuits. I mean, they used to claim that um, that like video games couldn't use the real names of players or their actual stats. They they claimed ownership of stats, which there was a, a lawsuit even even many years before that, that involved the NBA and whether or not they own stats. And it was shown that they, they don't. Stats are facts. You can't own facts. You can't copyright facts. Um, but, you know, MLB and every every major sports league, you know, wants to claim that they own everything and that anyone who does anything has to get permission first, which is, again, just not the way copyright law actually works. Um, and... I know that that MLB has at least loosened up a little bit in the last few years in terms of like they let you post your videos. They don't they don't immediately force you to take them down, which they might have done probably three or four years ago. Um, but you've talked about the fact that that especially on YouTube, they claim a whole bunch of your videos and basically get all of the ad revenue from them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of upsetting. So. It's good and bad in a way, and the the one thing I will say is like I've had some conversations with people from MLB, mm-hmm. and we're we're all in the same camp that like I love Major League Baseball, I want to work with you guys, right? And they're and uh, half of them or the ones that I've talked to say we love what you're doing, we want to work with you. There's just a lot of red tape to figure out how that happens, um, right? And we're so like we're in the process. So I sometimes people want to make it like us first MLB, like please don't do that. Yep. We do, we want to be friends with them, but but it, it's frustrating because how it works is I was uploading them on YouTube and I, I did it because we have a we had a blog and I was trying to put the videos on the blog, but when you embed Twitter videos onto a blog, people hate clicking those because it takes you to an old it doesn't really play in the app sometimes. Right. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll put them on YouTube, and then I'll put them on the on the website there. And my YouTube had three thousand subscribers, and I didn't ex- you know I just was hosting them there. And the algorithm picked up the Ron Copa one and went nuts. Mm-hmm. And I just so then I was like kept posting. My little brother, he was interning over the summer. He's like, keep doing this, keep doing this. And then I think uh, the YouTube crowd really enjoyed him because I don't do a long winded intro, I don't do a long winded outro, I don't shove the the ad in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is only because Twitter has a two minute twenty second limit. Uh, it's not like you know 
uh, it's not like I chose like okay. It's like no, I'm I'm pressed for time. So, <laughs> but they'll stay like that because I I I like that too. Like I said, I'm yeah. a consume. I'm a con- I think of it as a consumer. Yeah. And yes, it's much better. Bam in, bam out. So, but uh, when you post on YouTube, it either automatically gets claimed. You you'll know right. in the first minute they claimed it. Uh, but it still can be monetized, but you don't get any of the money, or it's ineligible to be monetized, and no one gets any money. Right. The 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 crappy thing is, well, the, first, the good one is someone from MLB reached out and said, hey, because I, I wasn't even monetizing them because I thought they would, like, shut down my channel. Right. And So he reached out, and he said, hey, you should monetize them. We're not going to shut down your channel. Whatever the algorithm claims, it claims some will slip through. That was the best thing that ever happened to the company, so huh. I really appreciated that call. Um because some do slip through, and that's nice, right? Uh, and but the, um, but when they get claimed, and what I don't know if MLB is aware of, is that YouTube doesn't promote it. So I get a right. lot of times under my videos, commenter or subscribers will be like, "Why didn't I get the notification for this one? Why didn't I get the notification for this one?" Well, it was because it got claimed. So YouTube's not going to promote claimed stuff, um, right? So, so it doesn't go out. It it won't be on the you know featured for you or we think you might like this right uh, playlist. So it's it really hinders you know even if MLB is taking one hundred percent of the money and I'm taking zero, it's still not in their best interest to claim them in that manner because, because they still want to grow the game right. Yeah, um, and, and that's you know that's the thing that's that's interesting to me right. And so like you know to me and to to various copyright lawyers that I I. I've talked about it with, and uh, you know, the videos are pretty clearly fair use, right? You are using the footage, you know, as you say, you're you're picking from, you know, sometimes you know different broadcasts and, and mixing them together. But you know, you're providing a, a tremendous amount of commentary, which is one of the factors of fair use. Um, you're, you know, certainly not this nothing that you do harms the market for baseball games. If anything, it expands the market, perhaps you know by a lot. You're you're generating a lot more interest in baseball games trying to get people to watch more um you know it, it there's I, I i you know i can't see how these wouldn't be fair use the problem with fair use as always is that the only way you can officially prove that it's fair use is to go through a lawsuit and there's no way you want to do that uh, and, yeah. and and you you shouldn't want to go through a lawsuit and i'm sure mlb doesn't want to go through a lawsuit and it would be no fun for for either of you and would just harm everyone um and so you're left in this this weird state which is also partly you know by the nature of of youtube and content id which you know can be much more aggressive than than you know than copyright law specifically says it should be but it's you know it's youtube's algorithm they can do what they want with it um, yeah so so as we've grown you know we we do have some representation now mm-hmm. and you know because we have a lot of ip stuff we're gonna have to deal with and and this was something we wanted to tackle and we wanted to reach out and, and say like yeah how do we work together with mlb mm-hmm uh, so we try. We did dispute some on YouTube, and my lawyers gave me, you know, basically kind of what you just said. We're helping, we're not hurting. Mm-hmm. This isn't supplementing the game footage. It's completely different. Yep. And I'm walking. I'm commenting and walking through every 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 clip I put in there. I talk about. So they we disputed a couple, and they actually did um, remove their claim on a handful. Huh. Um, and then we just we just disputed the entire channel <laughs> that was left huh. and we'll see what happens there. That was very exciting though. Yeah. Um, very, uh, very exciting. And we'll say like, um, 
NHL, college basketball, NHL, college basketball, NFL, mm-hmm. they're tighter than the MLB on this. Yeah. Um, nothing slips through. Right. And they didn't agree with the fair use, whatever. So, but I, I think it, I think very much like we are helping Major League Baseball, and our intention is to help, not harm. I'm sure sometimes they don't want the ejections and the, the swear words out there. Right. But, you know, we're not going to stop that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one of the one of the things that that got you a lot more attention, obviously, was was one of your videos that went super super viral was was uh, uh, an ejection of the Yankee manager Aaron Boone um, screaming at an umpire. Yes, <laughs> uh, which which you know you you noticed that the the microphones caught pretty much everything that he was saying. You didn't. I know, as I mentioned, you're very good at lip reading and, and saying what people said, but in that case, you didn't need to because the microphones yeah. really caught everything. Picked um, up everything, yeah. Um, and, and it became like this this huge phenomenon because you put together this great video that, that showed everything that was being said um, and that just, you know, it, it became news everywhere uh, and sort of became a slogan for the Yankees uh, in, in particular. Uh, what was it? Boone said, uh, like, my guys. Savages. Savages. My guys are fucking savages in the box or whatever. Yep. Yep. And that, that became sort of the slogan for the Yankees. Um, and there were some, you know, some people – at least sort of claim to be upset about that, you know, that, yeah, that, that yeah. he, you know, it was revealed yeah, what he was saying and that he was cursing. You're exactly, yeah, you're exactly right. They claim to be upset. Yeah. Um, and that's about as far as it goes. No one was actually upset. Right, right. Because the reality is, right, I mean, it just got so many people more interested and more excited about the game. People were really interested in it. And, you know, the Yankees themselves seem to love it. Um, and, and it just got everybody fired up. But it, it, it goes back to this, this question of like control, right? Uh, which is the issue that, that we have where copyright goes, where people sort of go too far with copyright in that they focus on controlling everything rather than what is actually in the best interest of the public, which is the, you know, the real idea behind copyrights is supposed to promote the progress of, of, you know, whatever content is being developed for the public, for the purposes of, of benefiting the public. Um, and that's one of the complaints I've had with sports leagues and their use of copyright is that they're so focused on control, they sort of forget that they're supposed to be promoting the, you know, the overall benefit of things. And this goes back many, many years. Like most people now forget on the trademark side rather than the copyright side, like it used to be that everybody thought it was fine for fans to sort of create their own um, uh, like clothes and apparel and stuff that had logos uh, of the teams. Uh, and it was only in like, I forget exactly when, but like the early eighties where suddenly sports leagues were like, Hey, wait, that's those, we think those are trademark violations. And there was actually a big legal fight. And I think the courts went the wrong way and sort of said, yeah, like the teams can control that. And that sort of stopped the ability of, I mean, it still happens, but stop the ability of fans to sort of create their own, um, you know, clothes that used actual official logos and stuff. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it, sorry. It's it's crazy that, like, Major League Baseball is kind of awoken to this, and they, uh, I think they see what they did wrong. And my the biggest example is, if, if you're my brother's age, he's 20 years old, mm-hmm. from 10 to 20, he couldn't find a baseball highlight where he went on the internet. Kind of what I talked about where you want to go to them, not make them come to you. Right. MLB has BAM, uh, Baseball Advanced Media, 
which is fantastic. It makes them a ton of money, but the only way to watch a highlight was you had to go to them. You had to go to right. MLB.com, and their sorting and their way to find highlights is terrible. So, like, no 12-year-old was going to MLB.com and just typing in, like, cool play, right. you know? You know, like what do they even search? Right. You need to go to the, and for so for ten years they just completely abandoned the youth and and they're now understanding that. Mm-hmm. But the next step is okay. We messed up. We need to do better. And now it's like okay, how do we do better? Right. And, and that and that's where they got to figure it out because you know uh, like the NBA, they they copyright claim stuff, but. They whitelist certain creators uh, that they that they think are doing a good a service to their game, right? So then they'll whitelist them. You're good, you know. Do what you want to do. Help us out. So so it doesn't even need to be that. MLB doesn't need to do that. It would be wonderful. I'd be I'd, I'd take it. But uh, you know, work work with us. I'm willing to work with you. Like let's make sure they get promoted on YouTube. Let's make sure they get spread as far as they can. Yep. And uh, let's stop. Let's stop the narrative that the MLB is the the like stopo of the internet yep. police. You know, like you know, I, I we need to end this. Every how bad baseball is at marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's another point. I mean, I've seen you make this a few times on Twitter and and in other interviews too, where it's like, you know, uh, among other things, one is that you know you're helping to promote the game, and lots of fans want to sort of help promote the game, and you know, them coming in and trying to stop it and sort of in the name of control or in the name of copyright is, is, is a problem. But even like, you know, they want to promote, you know, when MLB promotes stuff, they're very focused on a particular narrative. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why I think what you've done is so successful and so interesting is that you're not promoting that narrative. You're promoting the things that you find interesting, which it turns out lots and lots of other people find interesting too. And that's one of the things where like, if MLB can recognize, like give up a little control, let the fans find what's interesting to them and promote it to other people, they might be amazed at how many other people find those things interesting and actually build support for the game, which has to be good for the long term. Yeah. A lot of times you find like, you know, MLB will say, People like his stuff. Why don't we just do stuff like that? Right. And then they attempt to do it, and they they realize that, you know, it's not you. Can, it's everything's just not right. You can't just duplicate everything. Yeah, there, I mean, there, there's and, and this is another thing about sort of modern media businesses, right? Like to to build up a community and to build up, you know, a sort of ground up support like like you have. It's it authenticity is is the most important thing right and and you can do that whereas mlb coming in and and trying to sort of replicate it you get the you know how do you do fellow kids kind of kind of vibe that just you know no one buys Mm -hmm. right and everyone knows it's kind of fake um yeah and so you know authenticity is is really key here and and that's another thing that that you know you've shown with with everything that you've done yeah, um, they got a big opportunity here with a lot of young talent in the league. Yeah, so they they had that when Machado and Trout and Harper were all nineteen years old. Mm-hmm. They didn't really take advantage of it as much as they should. So we got a new wave now, and, and with you know uh, Acuna and uh, Soto, and you know uh, I mean Bueller. There's all these young young new players. Yep. they really need to kind of use this window to spread the game and have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it is kind of incredible when you look at, because there were all these, you know, incredibly great young players, you know, five or six years ago that, 
you know, didn't really get national attention. And it's kind of incredible. I mean, Harper maybe got, got a lot of attention, but, but everyone else were not as widely known outside of their, their sort of home markets. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of the problems that, you know, if you compare it to, to NFL or NBA, where like they really have figured out both of those sports, I think, have figured out how to take the stars and promote them much more globally. Um, yeah. Whereas they they are up against it because the nature of baseball is regional. Sure. Like if you're a diehard Yankees fan, mm-hmm. you're going to watch 130, 140 Yankees games. Right. You don't have time to watch any other team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. So like I think that actually the London series, the Iowa series, I think they're gimmicky. Uh, part of me doesn't like them, but I do understand that that's a way to get the the Braves fan to watch another team. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and stuff like that, because it is regional. Like if you're watching, you know, someone's like, I watch every Mets and Yankees game. Impossible. <laughs> it, it, it's impossible. That's what we say on talking baseball all the time. I guarantee the, we open up with, I promise you, we did not watch your team's game, but we're going to talk about it. You know, it's impossible. Right, right, right. I mean, that is the nature, right? I mean, baseball, you have 162 games for every team. That's it's it's too much, right? To to mm-hmm. to, to pay attention to everyone, but you know, you still should be able to, you know, promote really the stars throughout the game beyond just like the All Star game, right? Which is kind of where it is now, or 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 the World Series, where you sort of see the you know, the stars of, of whichever two teams make it to the World Series. Um, yeah, and I, it's fun to make characters out of players. And, you know, we'd been doing that with the Yankees forever, and I always like to say, hey, I, I, you know, this is our interpretation of, of what his personality. Sometimes we build up these personalities and they're wrong. Right. Sometimes they're spot on. But, like, you know, I did a lot on Juan Soto, uh-huh. uh, a lot of breakdowns because he does the whole Soto shuffle. He was involved a lot, the the taking the bat to first base. And part of me is thinking, like, yeah, this dude's 20 years old. Like, let's make sure he gets as much exposure as he can. He's in the World Series at 20. Yep. And, you know, baseball's got it. And they are thinking the same thing. Like, you know, you got to capitalize on right. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so one one last thing I want to talk about, um, just going back to, to sort of the, the business side of building up a media business. You know, one of the things that's been interesting to me to watch in general about um, changes to the media business in the last – I'll say decade um, beyond just all the different platforms that you can use to get your message out there, which we've talked about already, but the, you know, how do you make money? Um, And there are all sorts of really interesting things that have come up really again in the last 10 years that have enabled new media businesses to make money, whether it's, you know, different, advertising setups, um, you know, with podcasts and, and, and whatnot. Um, but also things like Patreon, which we're a huge fan of here. Um, or I know one of the things that you do, um, and I, it appears successfully from the outside. I have no idea how successful, but, uh, from what you said earlier, also probably is, is like, you know, making creative shirts around different things, you know, often around like different events that happened or different, different, uh, storylines and just selling those shirts. And so do you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you guys have, have embraced all these different methods of, of generating revenue? Yeah. It's very similar to when I was talking about, you got to be multi-platformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have multiple revenue streams as well, which we, we know that and we're, we're doing our best to build it. Uh, Patreon has been great. Um, you know, and I'm constantly trying to figure out ways to give our patrons more. Mm-hmm. And I think with this office, we have some stuff in mind. Um, 
But Patreon's been, I mean, we survived off Patreon for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. They paid all of our back-end expenses. Uh, and then, what's see, T-shirts are amazing. Uh, when we when we sent our uh, pitch deck around to investors, it was that's what flew off the page. Because we should not be selling as many shirts <laughs> as we do. Our, our conversion rate and our engagement's great. And it's about tackling moments. It's about the community feel. People want to wear it, and they want to... And they want someone else to see them wearing it and say, ha ha, you listen to talking yet? You know, stuff like that. Right. Um, and, and, you know, so that the merch has been a big revenue. YouTube uh, is there. And, and, and for a while now, we've been leaving ad sales kind of on the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a hire that we're looking to do right now is to hire a salesperson that has experience in this field and in this city and can come in and, and you know, be a badass salesman. Uh, or saleswoman for us. Uh, but, you know, even even SeatGeek was like a pillar for us during huh. a couple months there. Um, and it's just like, you know, an affiliate program. Right. And, and I'm trying to think if there's any others. Um, you know, we do do sales, events. Right. Events, we never want to be a pillar. Um, we, we think of events more as community building right. than, than money making uh, in the future. You know, with the event we just did was free. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every event's going to be free, but you never, we're never going to try and outprice right. our our audience. Uh, it's not about filling our pockets; it's about meeting people. Right, right. Putting names to Twitter's handles and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So, so there's a, there's a lot uh, of different revenue streams. Um, we have a lot of ideas. Um, you know, we we teamed up with an agency now to try and help some of these ideas become real. Mm-hmm. But but for for last year's YouTube and, and and merch is the main thing, Patreon and SeatGeek as the supplementaries. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, wh- one of the things that we've written about a few times is is that you know, sort of the modern business model is is what, what I like to jokingly refer to as improvisational business modeling, <laughs> which is you know try everything basically that that feels right. Right, you don't want to try yeah. anything that's going to piss off the community. Again, community being the core of all of these businesses. Um, but you know, you think about it in terms of like. You know, one of the things that we found was funny in, in the early days of TechTurt, uh, we used to have no advertising on the site for, for a few years and we, we had different business models. Um, and, and I, at one point, got a few emails from people complaining that we didn't have ads on the site. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I, I usually think people appreciate it when there's no advertising. People are like, well, it'll look more professional if you had advertising. And I was just like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, when, when we started running some ads here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am always so cautious. Obviously we need ads, but you know, you know, I did the breakdowns for a while with nothing. Right. And then we started, I just put a, a little plug. This breakdown's brought to you by blah, blah, blah. And then at the end go blah, 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 blah. And, uh, the response was awesome, man. You know, people were like, hell yeah, right. get the money. <laughs> Good job. You deserve it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like I did not I you know, I'm hitting publish with like closed eyes like oh this is going to be brutal. I'm so sorry guys, but we need to make some money. Right. And then uh, the response for the most part was like you know, they were happy for us and I think that's part of the community. And I say like a lot of these people came up with us yep. and they are they're they're not in the room yep. with us, but they're part of it uh, very much. So it's it's cool when like you say they like you should get some ads man like it's <laughs> it's very it's cool and that's that's kind of what it's all about yeah no it's interesting I mean and like I don't know if you know um, Amanda Palmer the singer at all um, 
but she's talked about this a lot and she has a book that where she talked about some of this too, where it's just like this idea of like, you know, um, you know, it, it used to be people thought like, oh, like you're selling out or whatever. But nowadays people are like, no, like if you've built a real community, they want you to succeed. And so the more that they can see that you're actually being successful and able to do what they like and what, what is, you know, sort of building out the community that they're a part of, the happier they are to be a part of that. And so they're excited. I mean, there, there was a story where um, Amanda had, she did a, a Kickstarter for an album at one point. And like some people sort of on the outside were complaining like, oh, I, I think she ended up raising over a million dollars on Kickstarter, which is, you know, amazing. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some people are like, oh, you know, what does she, you know, why, what does she need a million dollars for or whatever? But like, the people who were supporting it were like, this is amazing. And they were celebrating the fact that like, you know, she's going to be able to make this album. She's not going to have to deal with a record label, you know, taking control and trying to make it more, you know, commercial or whatever. She's able to build, you know, to, to write and perform that the album that we want as a community. And we're able to support that. And so that makes everyone excited. Um, and it's, it's the same sort of thing. Like people want to see you succeed. They're a part of your community. If, if you can't make enough money to do this full time, you're going to do less of it. And, they don't want that. So it's, it's kind of cool to see. And again, it goes back to this concept of community. You build a good community and, you know, and, and they'll, they'll support you. You know, you, you obviously, you, you know, as you said, and you fully understand, you know, you can't take it too far. You can't abuse the trust and you can't exploit the audience. You want to, you want to keep the community happy, but um, you know, part of that is they want to support you in, in making a living. So it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. To and see. I also thought it was something to do with ages. Like, mm -hmm. When I was in high school, YouTube just started. It started, what, 2004 or five, yeah. And it was not meant to be a money-making machine. It was just meant to share your videos with your friends. So, like, when the first wave of people started making money, I think the zeitgeist was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> right, like, right. What? Like, you're just a loser posting videos. Like, why do you get money? Right. And like, kind of like this jealous hatred, which I think was my age group's feelings. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm speaking out of turn and speaking for too many people at once, but, but then like my brother's generation, they're very much, no, YouTubers can make money. Like we want you to do this more, go get money. Right. <laughs> like, cause it's just ingrained with them. We're like, I never grew up complaining about commercials on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when the YouTuber wanted to make money, I was like, what? No <laughs> way. You know, when I was like 16 years old. And uh, now the 16-year-olds are, like, rooting us on. They're like, yeah, go get your money. Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's just, it just feels different. Um, it's kind of like what you just grew up with and in, what's ingrained in you. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see how these things change over time. Um, but, um, yeah, very interesting. Anyway, Anyways, uh, I, I have taken up uh, a whole bunch of your time, and, and I appreciate you talking about it as, as – I've noted, you know, I've been been following your work, and I'm I'm a fan of of the breakdowns and of the podcasts, and and you know, I'm always interested in in other people who are building up these kinds of businesses and and focusing on community, and and experimenting with all different things and doing the sort of ground up thing. And so, um, it's I'm I'm excited that you were willing to come on the podcast and talk about it. Of course, yeah. Thank you for the early support, and uh, thank you for having me on. Sure, no problem. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week.